Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, we're going to start the podcast in just a second. And you know what? It's a great one. And you're not going to be thinking about all the things you usually worry about. And is money one of them? Sometimes it is. No matter what stage of life you're in, thinking about your financial future, worrying about it, they can evoke some pretty strong feelings. But did you know? Did you know that people who work with a financial advisor feel more at ease about their finances and end up, might I add, with 15% more money to spend in retirement on average? Uh Well, now, thanks to Smart Asset, the service that over half a million people have tuned to to find an advisor, there's a free and there's an easy path to help you find greater financial peace of mind. Smart Asset has built a safe, easy, and convenient tool to find vetted financial advisors in your area. Here's how it works. You begin by taking Smart Assets short quiz. Very easy. Go to the website, call it up. Twenty questions asks you how much you know who you are, how much you make, stuff like that. I mean, not who you are, like your name. No, 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 no. You just give the information. At the end of it, there's the option to find out who's the best advisor for you. Within minutes, Smart Asset will match you with three pre-screened fiduciaries, each legally obligated to act in your best interest, and each willing to do a no-commitment financial consultation. I took the test. It's easy. I saw all three pop up and I looked at them and stroked my chin and thought, hmm, I should. They'll also send you a free personalized retirement planning guide with actionable advice so you can feel confident in your next steps. Take control of your financial future today with Smart Asset. To receive your free personalized retirement planning report, go to smartasset.com slash ricochet. Your report will provide personalized insights on your retirement readiness. And you want to be ready, don't you? You're right. So go to smartasset.com slash ricochet today. And we thank Smart Asset for being a sponsor of the Ricochet podcast, which incidentally comes next. I'm muddling through. I have a dream. This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. I'm the president and you're fake news. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. It's the Ricochet Podcast with Rob Long and Peter Robinson. I'm James Lalex. Today we talk to Haley Barber about the future of the GOP and David Sachs about the future of tech. So let's have ourselves a podcast. I can hear you! 
Welcome, everybody. It's the Ricochet Podcast, number 527. I'm James Lilix here in Minneapolis, where I've just finished shoveling a block and a half of Widowmaker slush. (laughs) It's so named because uh, men of a certain age attempt to lift it, and uh, the ticker goes. Uh, But I'm still here. Good. So my wife is not a widow yet. Peter Robinson in California, where I imagine it's absolutely sunny and beautiful. The Elysian fields in which he tromps are green and pleasant. And Rob Long in New York. And Rob, as we were just discussing before the show began, a fact that's always interesting to people. Uh, you were saying that New York, uh, the mood has changed. The mood has shifted. Yeah, I has. I mean, p- partly I, I was away, and so I didn't notice all those little changes that now I know. I can not doubt tell. I think, um, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. If you live in New York City and you are a liberal or you're a conservative matter, there's a total failure of government mm. everywhere. You're, the chief executive of the city is a monstrous incompetent, um, and, and worse, like not even a hapless incompetent, but an active and irritate and, 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 and enraging incompetent. The governor is a meretricious, uh, smug, Arrogant. I think you're saying cool. things about yeah. Cuomo that aren't yeah. true. And of course, we don't have to go about, we don't have to re- rehearse what I feel about the president. Uh, the chief executive officer of every branch of government that, or every section or tranche of government that has any jurisdiction over me is uh, monstrous. The monstrous. And I just, it's just, you know, the, but I think the problem in New York City is that the mayor is so dumb and so awful and that the mm. rollout of the vaccines was so, so ludicrous. Um, and now it's changing. Uh, but he got the message. Um, I mean, I cannot wait until he is relegated to the ash heap of history. For May sure. we pause for a moment to feel <clears throat> to meditate and feel a little sorrow on what what once was in, in two yeah. ways, in what once was in New York and what once was the man Rudy Giuliani. When I was writing my book on the Republican Party, which was published a two thousand two, it's now totally out of date. You appear in it, Rob. I know. Uh, that's how we I, met, isn't that how we met? I think that is how I think that is how we met. Yeah. But um, I spent a day with Rudy Giuliani, the mayor of New York, in City Hall, and I sat in on his talk to the mayor radio show. And it was an amazing performance. You may not like Rudy's person. I mean, Rudy was still Rudy. But boy, was he a mayor. Meaning, a lady would call in and say, look, I'm in Queens. He said, we're in Queens. So I've got trouble with my uh, garbage pickup. And he said, where are you? He knew the he knew the nearest oh, yeah. intersection. He knew exactly what the route should have been. I mean, it was just amazing. People were calling in with potholes and trouble with the garbage, <laughs> and he was right he on top of every borough. There, there's also that great story of him um, in doing one of these. I mean, the early the, the the nascent crazy Rudy was there too, but it was incredibly entertaining and perfect for New yes. York. Someone yes. called up and said, "How come the city?" Won't let me. Well, I could keep a cat or a dog as a pet or a hamster or even a snake, but I couldn't keep a ferret. And it just somehow that just hit Rudy wrong. He goes, why, <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? That's why you, you have such a lot. And he just went off on this guy. And it was great. It was like exactly what you want the mayor of New York City to do. To sort of be incredibly irrationally yeah. furious, uh, but in the spirit of the city. Um, so I don't know. You know, it'll, it'll all come back as it always does, but I, 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 I fear for the independent restaurants. I fear for that. I mean, look, the employment numbers came out this morning, and they're terrible. But they're terrible specifically in leisure and hospitality. And mm. that, um, that's, <laughs> that's a huge part of what keeps New York City running. 
Well, we presumed, uh, uh, we didn't think these guys were gods. We didn't think that they were these, these no. brilliant technocrats who could instantly spring into action and solve all of our problems. But ever since COVID hit and the lockdowns began, we've been surprised at the systemic wide, every, the collapse of authority and, and, and the idea that these guys know what they're doing. So for a vaccine rollout at this point to be bungled, you would no. think that they'd had time to plot and plan. You would think that when they realized the extent of this, somebody would have said, all right, you guys over there, long view, sit down, figure out how we're going to distribute the vaccine when we get it. But it's ad hoc. It's make it up as you go along in every single step of the way here. When you have uh, when you have governors and uh, the mayor of Chicago saying it's absolutely essential to open up the restaurants, it it needs to be done. Turning on a dime without a single word about how they previously had said that this was the road to death. Uh, (laughs) There's there's I mean, and here in Minnesota, the governor's. Uh, emergency orders have been extended another 30 days because of course and why not and so we have a simultaneous investment in in almost unlimited power in these people at the same time they reveal themselves to be utterly incapable of deserving to wield it and that's and that's top to bottom that's absolutely top of the country to the absolute almost bottom you see that at least in those people who are making policies in the federal system which i of course revere um the the problems of the leadership have been revealed right i i make no i i make no i mean this is not no surprise to anybody that i'm not a fan of the sitting president at all i have very strong feelings about him. wait a minute hold on With, I, right. i'd like to go no into that a little bit more that. however the federal government did its part they said, well, look, look at all this money we have, which is the, the best, the, the thing about the federal government that's the best. They said, we're going to give you these big pharma companies. We're going to give you all this money if you come up with a vaccine that works. They came up with three. There's three vaccines, really. The Johnson Johnson vaccine apparently is very promising. Mm-hmm. They did. The, 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 the federal government, to the extent that it could, did a big, big job. The, and, and if you ask the governor Cuomo, he, he was not caught unaware by this, by the by, the process of giving people vaccines, he did not feel like he wasn't thinking about how to organize it. The problem was he was thinking too much about organizing it. He was obsessed with who was going to get it, who wasn't going to get yes. it. He was obsessed with the list of punishments that you would you would suffer if you gave it to somebody else. They had this enormous right. The first thing they did was come up with a regulatory structure. That was the first thing they did. It took a month because that's what they love, and that to me is this. Uh, this, this should be a shining moment for conservatives. Federalism works. The governors are incompetent and should be replaced by conservatives. The free market did its part and came up with not one, not two, but three and probably four, when we're all said and done, useful and valuable vaccines. The public sector failed. Right, but come, it come, Who'd rather it come, have giving you the vaccine, Jeff Bezos or Governor Cuomo? Mm-hmm. Right. But the problem with, you know, Cuomo sitting down and saying, yes, we're going to think a lot about the vaccine for six months. We're going to come up with a strategy as to who gets it according to their position on the grievance pyramid. That's not what I mean. I mean, they, I, for example, I, what, what, I keep, what I keep reading is that everybody who tries to get an appointment in New York and goes to the website has to answer 54 questions before they finally get to the point that says there aren't any appointments available today. And so you have a population that itself is not, you know, you got the, we got to get to Denny's at six o'clock before, uh, you know, the rush starts certain days demographic is not going to be all that great at answering 54 drop-down fields on their thing. So the simplicity, I mean, designing a simple, effective, fast thing is what they should have done, and they didn't do it. But you're right. I mean, the government did give us vaccines, 
by throwing an awful lot of money at private enterprises. So I would I wouldn't say yay federal government for that. I would say that's the baseline of competence for me. Understand who can do it and help them. But the, that hasn't uh, been that's not been the rest of the response. May, all the, all this is fast. May I may I make observations? Steal observations from two people, both of them a lot smarter than I am. And one is around Dr. J. Oh, sorry. <laughs> two other people. Oh, so three. Are than two additional people. <laughs> and one is Dr. J, J. Bhattacharya. And Jay makes the point that this is, as Rob, I think Rob used the phrase, it is a kind of systemic failure of the government, of our democracy. But here's why. In the federal government, which we all revere, you know who to get angry with. I've got a congresswoman. You know who you're... You can look up these people and write to their office and say, you jerk. Right. But when it came to COVID, the political responsibility was so diffuse that even Donald Trump didn't know what, what, who, there's a county health official in San Mateo, California, who can do certain things. The governor of California can do other things. We've got the CDs. The whole system is so diffuse and so confusing and so, so, so misunderstood, simply not understood by anyone in the political system, let alone ordinary voters. Uh, you know, over and over again, I've had conversations out here. Our county health official has acted yet again in a draconian... How do you get at a county <laughs> poor, health official? This poor person is in your crosshairs. Yeah, well, it's, so metaphorically. We we, it's metaphorically. We don't even quite know how, 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 do you, how do you get at somebody like, okay, point one. Point two, this is, this is uh, having a chat the other day with Steve Hilton. Steve Hilton, who was an advisor to David Cameron, Prime Minister Cameron, he knows politics very, very well. And of course, Steve now has a show on Sunday nights on Fox called The Next Revolution. Steve is a friend. He's a neighbor here in Northern California. And he said the internal political dynamic of this one is a problem because everybody in the political system realizes that the press and voters will punish them more for not doing enough to prevent COVID deaths, then they will be punished for all the misery and mayhem, which is diffuse, which nobody's counting, which we know in a vague way is taking place. Yeah. Depression, suicides, uh, 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 drug abuse, and so forth. All the pathologies that come from unemployment, they're diffuse, nobody's counting them, they're not a story. And, so, and, and Steve said it takes real political courage to stand up to that, and we, you know, there are the examples are very few. But Ron DeSantis, governor yeah. of California, has stood up no, to that governor dynamic. Florida. Governor, I Florida. beg your pardon, <laughs> governor of California. In my you had a little dreams. petite stroke there, Peter. Yes, yes, Tiny, yes, little. yes. A little. The, the, yes, the wish was the father of the thought. Um, he stood up to it, and what happened to him? He got skewered and lambasted and roasted by the press week in and week out. Now, now that it's demonstrable that Flores. Florida is doing pretty well in terms of COVID. He's okay. But what what a hiding he took in the press and yeah. from his own public for a long time. Anyhow, those are two problems that are pretty specific to this horrible thing. I'm just still stuck like my snag my sweater on a nail of the point where Peter said the federal government, which we all revere. Well, Rob said it first. No, no, federalism. The federalism. federalism. Oh, federalism. Yeah. thank you. Thank yeah. you. Okay.
I'm a local is better guy, and but uh, the only yeah. local, the, the only local organization that I tend to revere at this point are the guys who sweep, you know, who, who plow our streets because they're pretty good, pretty and good. they keep getting stuck. And one of the yeah. things that I hate to do at this time of the year is to always carry a big uh, bag of kitty litter in my trunk because you, you know, you get stuck, you got to get out and pour the kitty litter in. So I haven't done use? that for an awful long time. Yeah, that's right. We had the kitty litter in the trunk just in case you needed some traction. You know, some people have grit, some people have uh, pebbles and the rest of it, but grit and pebbles don't work for actual kitty litter. No. Now, let me ask you this. Working from home, it means more time for your morning coffee, right? Or an occasional afternoon nap. I love to take mine at about four. Oh, mm, can't wait for one today. Of course, you have the opportunity for your friend. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...to uh, interact with you more. Your furry friends. Let's talk about your furry feline friend walking across your keyboard in the middle of your Zoom call, right? You know, you love having your cat around, but you don't love being around that litter box. Now, do you? No. Zoom has no olfactory thing, so people on the call really can't tell if the kitty box litter is getting a little high, but you can. Okay. Kitty Poo Club. That's right. I just said Kitty Poo Club. It is an all-in-one litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with a litter of your choice. The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, have a fun design for every season. When the month is up, just recycle the box, and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No changing used litter. No more cleaning the box. Ugh. You can customize your order to based on how many cats you have and what type of litter they prefer. And Kitty Poo Club has a no-risk guarantee to you, so you can easily customize or cancel your order anytime. Uh, you, you remember during the pandemic when people were buying things? I remember going to the store. There wasn't any TP. There weren't any napkins. There wasn't any dog food. And that I noticed that also the kitty litter section was getting perilously low. Even if there's lots of it, who wants to go to the store and buy the bag and drag it home? No, Kitty Poo comes to you. So give yourself the gift that keeps on giving the whole year, a Kitty Poo Club subscription. Right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering 20% off your first order when you set up the auto ship by going to kittypoo.com. Kit, I'm sorry, three, two, one. 
So give yourself the gift that keeps on giving the whole year, a Kitty Poo Club subscription. Right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off your first order when you set up AutoShip by going to kittypooclub.com and entering the promo code, what, right? Ricochet. That's right. Just go to kittypooclub.com and enter the promo code Ricochet to get 20% off when you set up auto ship. That's kittypooclub.com. And don't forget to promo code Ricochet at your checkout. And our thanks to Kitty Poo Club for being the Ricochet podcast sponsor. And trust me, you'll want to sign up for this just for the fun of saying to other people, kittypooclub.com. And now we welcome to the podcast Haley Barber, the former governor of Mississippi and the former chairman of the RNC. He's a founding partner of the BGR Group. And listing all of his other jobs and accomplishments would require a three-hour-long podcast. So let's just say we're happy to have him back here. Welcome. Um, I want to read a quote by you from Ben Domenico. He said, quote, for many voters, the GOP as a party is largely useless as anything but a hedge against the encroaching cultural war of the left. It's a guardian against a future that the left wants, and that's it. The message of Republicans was anti-Soviet, anti-communist, anti-terrorist. And now it's effectively eh, when the left takes power, you know, you know, nuns are back in the menu for end question, end quote. Um, Is it that hopeless, Governor? You you were chairman of the party. Is it has it become useless or is there some spirit and gumption left in there that can actually get back the old spirit and raw animal vigor? Well, in my experience, the. When the Republican Party is doing its best, when it's performing best, both in government and in political campaigns, it's when we're the party of ideas. When, when we talk about we're for smaller government, and here's why. We're for lower taxes and less spending so the people that work and earn the money get to keep and spend more of what they earn. Uh, about rational regulation. I mentioned all three of those because those are things that Donald Trump did but didn't talk about very much. And I think if you look at the research of the last four years, you will see that um, about a third of people really liked Trump and liked what he did. And about 40, a little bit more percent, didn't like Trump, didn't like what he did. But there was about a, about... 25% of voters pretty consistently that said they did not like Trump, but they liked the policies that he had and the results of those policies. And of course, until the pandemic struck, uh, hopefully a one in a hundred year deal, uh, we had gone from a very, very weak recovery, economic recovery, the, the weakest since World War II ended and we had uh we had just great economic growth uh, economic growth that uh more than usual in recessions the income increases went predominantly to the lower income people yet more african americans employed than ever before lowest unemployment rate among african americans and among hispanics or Latinos, depending on what part of the country you're from, uh, and and that got shut off by the uh, by the the government lockdowns. And I'm not criticizing, but what what really hurt the economy was government said to businesses it hadn't done anything wrong, whether it's trucking companies or retailers or bars or restaurants or whatever, you can't work. You got to close, and there's a there's a health reason we believe that you got to close. But that's what 
stopped this very strong recovery uh, that that in the name of, and, and again, I'm not being critical of them, uh, to, to fight the pandemic, there was a huge, massive shutdown of businesses that until then were just making money, employing people, doing great. Uh, so I think when the Republican Party is the party of ideas, when we talk about why we're for strong national defense and we talk about why we're against nation building or when we talk about we, we do not favor giving illegal immigrants free college, Medicaid, free health care. If they come here legally, then that's, that's, that's one thing and that's fine. And, uh, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes us a strong party. And that's what I think President Trump who look got seventy four million votes? I'm not, I'm not uh, saying he was he was a terrible politician because he wasn't. But the fact is, if he'd spent a lot more time talking about his policies and the results, uh, he'd probably still be president. Haley, hey Peter. So we we've got. We've got headline after headline after headline, civil war in the Republican Party, impeachment deepens divisions in the GOP, on and on and on. I've got just a kind of a complex of questions, but in a way they all go together. Have you ever seen it this bad in the GOP? Have you ever seen the press this overwhelmingly against the Republican Party? And in some ways against the values of ordinary America? And I'm including there getting shut down by Twitter and YouTube and so forth. I had one of my shows censored by YouTube. Little inoffensive little old me got shut off by YouTube for one show I did. And then what the heck is the way forward for the GOP? Well, have I ever seen it worse than this? Uh, I was executive director of the state Republican Party in Mississippi in 1974 (laughs) when, when President Nixon resigned. And I can remember Mary Louise Smith, the chairman of the National Party, proposing that she appoint a committee to determine whether we ought to change the name of the party. Wow. Wow. When things are so bad, you got to change your name. I would say that's near the bottom. Right. Uh, I I do think uh, what President President Trump's encouragement of these uh, demonstrators, uh, protesters, whatever you want to call them. I, you know, I have no, I don't have any knowledge of, you know, what kind of people they are or anything like that, but they, they got carried away, did something, had no business doing. He had no business instigating. Uh, but look, I also remember when the Democrats, the day after president, Trump was inaugurated, had a big demonstration in Washington. The streets were just filled and filled with people. Uh, and our, we've had a, a lot of civil unrest in this country in the last year. And the left is not very critical of a lot of it. Uh, in fact, the Democrats stir, uh, stir it on. They, uh, you know, how many Democrat members of Congress 
before Trump got inaugurated, called for him to be impeached. You know, Peter, you and I grew up in when the losing party referred to itself as the loyal opposition. Right, right. This party refers to itself as, as if they were some guerrilla army fighting the Nazis. You know, right. the resistance. And uh, so have I ever seen it this bad before? Well, for the party, yes. For the country, no. I, I remember I was a college boy in 1968, which was a tumultuous, crazy year that many, many bad things happened, murders, assassinations, bombings. But this year, in my opinion, has been worse. Than the, or, or 2020 has been, was worse than 1968. Uh, and, of course, the compounding of that by, by the pandemic mm. uh, is, you know, unbelievable. And, candidly, it was the root of some of those things. Yes. Right. All the changes of election laws that were done because they were afraid – Older people, people not in good health, wouldn't go vote because they'd be afraid they'd get sick. So we we started uh, mail-in voting or or uh, walk-in voting in states that had never had it. Right. You know, I, I, unlike the president, I don't say mail-in voting is bad. Oregon's had mail-in voting for twenty-five years or more, but I do say that it has to be done right and that a number of states just either didn't have the time, didn't have the expertise, didn't have uh, the desire to, to make sure that the, that bail-in ballots were actually signed by the person who right. registered to right. vote and, right. and match registration signatures and voting signatures. Uh, so uh, I, I don't, you know, p- part of this is, is the fact that we had a pandemic that is the worst uh, since the Spanish flu in, in 1918, 1920. Uh, and I haven't gone through Katrina and my state bore the worst, bore the brunt of the worst natural disaster in American history. I feel sorry for the people that had to deal with the pandemic and are having to deal with it. When we were dealing with Katrina, after four or five days, you pretty well knew what had happened. Right. Where the problem and pretty well where the problems were right. going to be. These guys, these governors and the president, they don't know what's going to happen two weeks from now. Hey, Governor, can, can, can we just drill down on this a little bit? Because, um, all the, the polls out yesterday, um, Quinnipiac, a bunch of them, have Donald Trump somewhere in the high 30s in terms of his popularity. So he's pretty unpopular pre- uh, exiting president. He may actually match Do- uh, Bill Clinton, who had, of course, the pardon scandal when he left, which sort of gave George W. Bush a little bit of a, 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 bub- a bump when he took office. But you said the future of the party is in the ideas. So what are those ideas? And before you join, we were talking a little bit about COVID vaccine. It seems like the, the federal government's response 
to COVID in one instance, at least, which is to, in, uh, to, to uh, partner in a, I think a very smart way with the private sector to get not one, not two, but three vaccines, probably four at the end of uh, the spring. That seems like something that Republicans should and conservatives should be pointing to. And the public sector response, which I live in New York, has been sort of dismal at best, is a sign that the private sector did their part and the public sector didn't. Is that is that a is that a is that a winning strategy for us, or should we just kind of tiptoe away from COVID and and pick something else? Uh, we shouldn't tiptoe away from it. Uh, the response that that the administration had, we we got three vaccines, not only on the market but being used and and and, and applied in well under a year. Right. This is record time. This is moonshot stuff, right? Yes. Somebody should get this done by the FDA, and it's not because the FDA is not confident. <laughs> they're, they're, they're supposed to be cautious, but everybody knew what the, what the states were here. And so three, and you've, already, you've got other things that have happened here on the medical side. Right. Peter made one of the points. The press hates Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Trump like the Pope hates sin. <laughs> and actually, a little bit more. This Pope actually is a little on the fence when it comes to sin. <laughs> okay. The Pope, the, the press hates uh, Trump like Pope John Paul hated sin. There we go. <laughs> that clears the field a little bit. Uh, and, and, and look, just the, the coverage is 90, 90% negative of Trump and was, and it was in, in, in 2016 and 2017. And it's, you know, and we've, we've become as a country where people watch on television the station, the network right. that they think right. they agree with. Right. And well, so that, that actually makes the press bias worse. Right. It, it, uh, CNBC, um, I'm sorry, MSNBC and CNN are over there fighting for the same viewers, both losing market share. And, and they believe that the shriller, louder, most outrageous thing they say negative about Trump Get some audience. Right. But I guess my question is that in 2008, Barack Obama won a smashing victory. Really good. Uh, 2008 was a big, big victory for him. 53%. Um, two years later, he lost the House. Uh, people like Barack Obama a whole lot. 
didn't like his policy so much. They liked Obama, not crazy about Obamacare. That seems like an opportunity to repeat for Republicans. What's the next issue that Republicans can galvanize the middle voters for to maybe take back the House or take back the Senate or take back the White House? Well, we'll see if the Biden administration's proposals before Congress that are put before Congress are more like the Democratic Party platform that was passed in August or more like what President-elect Biden talked about and is still talking about. But uh, you're talking about gigantic tax increases. There's no question that, 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 that that's what they're for. Remember, Biden did a campaign commercial that says, you know, count on me to raise the taxes, not to cut your taxes, but to raise your taxes. Uh, where, where are we going to go? What does more government help on, on, on health care mean? You know, he's not for forcing everybody to be on Obamacare and doing away with private insurance, he said. Well, how do you get to where he wants to get with a greater share of the health insurance without doing that or going in that direction? How do you spend $1.9 trillion without a massive tax increase? I don't get it. Yeah. And it's just, but here, the reason I'm kind of hesitant on this, when I got elected party chairman, in, in January of 1993, Clinton was coming into office. And my idea about what we needed to do, we needed to rebuild ourselves as a party of ideas. Right. And we talk about ideas. We need to rebuild our state parties, have more self-reliant state parties. And what I didn't know was coming is Clinton proposed the largest tax increase in American history. And, and <laughs> that was like a birthday present to you. <laughs> well, it, it, I guarantee it was. It, it made Easter mighty happy. <laughs> uh, and uh, remember, he he proposed Clinton Care, whatever you want to call it. Right. The Congress never voted on it. They were a Democrat majority House, a Democrat majority Senate, and they could never put it up for a vote. Now, that's what the out party's supposed to do. Here's what we're for. Here's why we're for it. And here's what's wrong with what the other guys are proposing. Here's what's wrong with AOC, with Bernie Sanders, with Nancy Pelosi, with Chuck Schumer. And, and when you see their when you see their proposals and try to right separate them from Biden's proposals, I think they're going to be pretty hard to separate, and it's going to be a target for Republicans to say, that's wrong, here's why it's wrong, and here's what's right. So, Governor, does the, does the 2020 Republican Party have the discipline that the 1992 Republican Party had? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should have. When I became <laughs> okay. chairman of the party, we had 172 in the House. Now we have 212 in the House. We, we had 42 Republican senators. Now we've got 50. We had 19 Republican governors. Now we've got 27. We control 63 legislative bodies in the United States. Uh, we had not had a majority in both houses of Congress in 40 years. Right. And I said it was a great time to be chairman and got 
I ain't got anywhere to go but up. <laughs> what, what do you you think the current chairman feels the same way? <laughs> well, no, don't know, but the it, it takes leadership. It takes, and then also it takes elected officials who will buy in and understand why this is right. I had a great ally, Newt Gingrich, and and a, and a number of others, but Newt particularly because he believed fervently that you win more elections by telling people what you're for than by just talking about what's wrong with the other side. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I make the point. Here's what's wrong with what they're proposing, and here's what, what's right which is what we propose, and here's why it's right, and it'll make you, uh, it'll make your family and your community better. Haley, I, 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 we we swore up up one side and down the other to your office not to keep you too long, but to heck with them. <laughs> Here, listen, I've got one more, qu- and then James, I know, has a question. I don't know if this is you're you're uh, still a working a figure in Washington, so. There may be certain things you just don't feel comfortable saying, but here's my question. I think that you'll agree that the next generation of Republican talent, and I'm afraid to name any names because I'd leave so many out, but from Nikki Haley to Marco Rubio to Tom Cotton to Ben Sass to Ron DeSantis, the, the rising generation of Republican talent is pretty damn impressive, I think. But there's Donald Trump sitting on the party what 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 and now you know what's happened i can tell right now half my listeners are are putting up comments attacking me for raising that point or for putting it that way and the other half are saying damn right uh what's the party do about donald trump if you could advise him would you say remain a figure in the party or would you say please go to mar lego and play golf you know, if if he were my client, I would tell him chill out for a while, see where you are. I mean, I, don't be trying to make decisions about twenty twenty two, much less twenty twenty four. Today, I mean, I think he would be better to be prudent. I know that's a hard call, but I think that's where everybody ought to be. These other people who might want to run for president, you name some really, really good people, they don't need to be running for president right now. They need to be helping our party get back on the right track, which is a track that's easy to define. Talk about ideas. Talk about how we can help the country solve the problems and take advantage of the opportunities that we have. And I firmly believe the left will make it easier for us than not. You know, like 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 Clinton. You know, I never dreamed the guy would propose the biggest tax increase in American history. He knocked me down with it. Uh, but the president has got a lot of what he's got to deal with right now. We need to remember. Uh, Trump drives me crazy sometimes. But when the choice was Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, I vote for Donald Trump every time. Uh, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, I vote for Donald Trump every time. I don't agree with him on everything, but his issues, his policies will work 
because we've watched him work in his first, you know, half of his first term before the before the COVID. Uh, he 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 did things that we should have done a long time ago. Challenged China on the way they cheat on the WTO. We voted to let them in the WTO in two thousand and one, and they've been cheating ever since. And we had two administrations never said a word about it. And Trump finally said, "If not now, when?" These people are trying to be bigger than our economy, and the way they're doing it is they're cheating. They're not abiding by the rules. You know, you and I both work for Ronald Reagan. I believe in free trade. But part of free trade is both sides got to honor their agreements. That makes it fair trade as well. And Trump, to his credit, was the first guy that did anything about it or tried to do anything about it. Uh, so uh, what I, what I want to see us, what I want to see us do is play to our strengths, let, let President Trump deal with his issues, and and and. But the people that voted for Donald Trump, they will see. They need to vote for the Republicans in the House and in the Senate. And and twenty twenty two, I think, is likely to be a very good year for us. We actually, except for the presidency and Georgia, we had a pretty remarkable year compared to what everybody said was going to happen. And uh, in Georgia, one race was decided by a point. One race was decided by two points. I mean, very close and candidly, our own people are why we lost. Right. Because the turnout. You know, it was a turnout election, and particularly in one part of the state, the turnout was down more than the Democrats' margin. And do you know, uh, I have to say this, on the ballot, besides the two Senate races, was another race for the state chairman of the State Public Service Commission, a Republican incumbent. He ran ahead of both of our Senate candidates. He ran ahead of both of our last last question before we let you go. And we appreciate the time you've spent with us today, too. You're right about China. That was a perfect example of Donald Trump not accepting what the predicate was. The predicate in D.C. was always we're going to have a relationship with them. They're going to be more capitalist. They're going to be part of the world's family. And even though it wasn't working out that way, there was a lot of money to be made. Everybody just letting China do what they did. The president looked at that and said, no, we're not going to do that. That's great. But when you talk about the Republican Party being a party of ideas, there's a lot of Donald Trump supporters in that 30 percent that Rob meant. And there's a lot of all people in the middle as well who say you may be the party of ideas, but we're not exactly crazy about what those ideas are. If the idea means accepting everything that we now accept about the way our government and our society is structured. In other words, the Department of Education. We want the Department of Education to be broken up and turned down to the local level. Why do we have a housing and urban development when that's something that the local level can do? In other words, all of the, you know, the, the, the notion of small government seems to be what the Republicans are about. But when they have the House and the Senate and the presidency, all of these sclerotic old D.C. institutions remain and are even strengthened. So it's like they look at the Republican Party and say, OK, your idea is what the Democrats want just not as much of it. So 
is it necessary maybe going forward to make the case that we have to rethink fundamental ideas about what we expect Washington to, to do. And then actually, once again, Lucy and the football put the guys in who will say, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to change the structures so that we have a, you know, a, a, a fundamentally different approach between the relationship between the government and the people. Well, you mentioned the Department of Education. You know, this Department of Education stands for school choice. It stands for letting parents decide where's the best place for their children to go to school. That's not just good policy that results in better education. It's good politics, too. Ron DeSantis got elected governor of Florida two years ago because 18% of African-American women voted for him, not the African-American mayor of Tallahassee. And that was the margin of error. About 6% of African-American men vote for DeSantis, but those women were for school choice. They know that the future for their children is to get a good education, and they're not going to get a good education in some public schools. Uh, that's, that's real idea that works, and it, it is not done for the rich people on Wall Street. Uh, if you look at change government, Donald Trump did more to rationalize regulation of the U.S. economy and of other government uh, areas of, of, of uh, regulation than anybody, any other president in history, more than Calvin Coolidge. I mean, you're talking about a guy who put his mouth, put his, put his money where his mouth was, and we had a lot, a lot of people, government, who, uh, who been, I mean, uh, private business, who benefited. I, I was in a meeting, it's been two years ago now, of small businesses. 90% of them said they would be better off if they could get truly tough deregulation than if they got a tax cut. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. You know, I mean, why did we have two percent economic growth after a deep recession under Barack Obama? I mean, let's, your 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 listeners know that usually at the end of a deep recession, there's a sharp recovery. The recovery under Obama is one point nine percent, and if you adjust it, give him credit, two point one percent after a very, very deep recession. His answer was government. We're going we're gonna to cure the recession by spending enough money to double the national debt in eight years, and we didn't have any COVID running up the tab by trillions of dollars doing that. Uh, Donald Trump changed the policy, and the change of the policy of lower taxes Rational regulation, let people have more control at the local level, and it worked. And that's what I think people want. I've been doing this 52 years. I was a kid when uh, Peter came to work for us at the White House. Uh, but when, when something works, do it and talk about it. 
Trump's problem was he would do it, and then he'd go running off down some rabbit trail about who knows what. And he had a great story to tell about the economy. He just didn't have the discipline to tell it. Well, we love to hear you tell it. Uh, it's, frankly, it's, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show and to, and to listen to you. And we thank you for spending some time with us today. We'll have Ellie, you, you know, soon, do you know what you've turned into? You're Moses. You're the man. <laughs> you're the man who has seen everything and knows what is to be done. What the what the chosen people must do next. Thank you, man. Uh, Governor, have you ever, have you ever been called old in such a polite and charming? <laughs> well, you know, Peter's such a good writer. I figured he'd call me old Moses. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Thank you, Governor. I'll take Thanks, it. You know, the problem is that when you still have a Department of Education, they can uh, they can still make regulations that have to do with school choice and the rest of it. Get them out of it entirely. Take it out, root and branch, I say. Oh, speaking of branches. Speaking of branches, excellent. That's right. Bowl and branch. You've heard about these sheets for a long time, haven't you? Have you thought about them recently? Well, let me ask you this. The groceries that became your family's meal, the shoes you wear in your morning run, the tires you put on your car that you drive every day. No one wants to cut corners on what's important, do they? And few things matter more than getting a good night's rest. And that's why we recommend, have in the past, will again today, we recommend that you sleep on bowl and branch sheets. Bowl and branch sheets, it's the softest organic sheets on the market, and they get better with every wash. Comfort, however, is not their only standard. They use 100% sustainable raw materials. And as the first fair trade certified manufacturer of linen, you can feel as good about your bowl and branch sheets as they feel against your skin. They're made to a higher standard, 100% organic cotton, ethical production, and thoughtful attention to every detail. Because they work with family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of bowl and branch sheets, they have the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality you can feel the moment you open the box. And opening the box is one of the fun part. Actually, it's, it's like unboxing an Apple product. That's just part of the fun, the way it's all presented. But of course, the presentation would be meaningless if the sheets themselves weren't the best you ever have. And they are. I have them. I love them. Should I say that again? I have them. I love them. I'm never going to sleep in any other sheet because there's simply no point. You can be the same once you get your bowl and brand sheets and realize, oh, why did I wait? Experience the best sheets you've ever felt period at bowlandbranch.com get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code ricochet at your checkout that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com promo code ricochet the best sheets for the best night's sleep you'll ever have in your life and our thanks to bowland branch for sponsoring this the ricochet podcast and now we welcome to the podcast david Sachs, co-founder and general partner at craft an early stage venture fund he's been a successful tech entrepreneur and investor for over two decades building and investing in some of the most iconic companies of the last 20 years david has invested in over 20 unicorns including affirm airbnb bird eventbrite facebook ever heard of them lyft open door postmates reddit slack spacex twitter and uber that's 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 quite the crop of businesses uh, you can follow him on twitter at david Sachs and subscribe to his podcast, the All In Podcast, which is not on the Ricochet Audio Network, but it on yeah. it. So thank, yeah. So welcome here, David. Thanks. Um, so of course we're talking about Twitter. We're talking about Parley, Parley or Parler. No one's talking about Gab. Thank heavens. Twitter with its enormous power banned Donald Trump. Is it the right thing to do? Do you think? And uh, 
What was the rationale for it? Jack had a 12 tweet. Jack came out of his monastery and, uh, you know, stroking his well-oiled beard, gave his rationale for it the other day on his very medium he founded. So what, do you agree with what he said? How would you characterize what Jack said about his decision and what do you think the implications are going forward? Yeah, well, well Jack is my favorite oligarch because after taking these actions and there's a huge outcry, he then uh, gets very contemplative and, and uh, introspective mm-hmm. about them. And I think he made actually a really important point in his summary, which is he said, you know, when we Twitter decided to deplatform the president, one of the key arguments that we considered is that he could go to other sites and other platforms and have his speech rights that way. And he basically concedes that, that that argument was then undermined by the fact that every other major tech company then did the same thing. And I think he's really on to something there, which is that when one company denies you service, maybe that isn't such a big deal because you can go somewhere else to exercise your free speech rights. But when all of big tech you know, does the same thing. They are now forming a monopolistic cartel, if you will, to deny you your free speech rights. And this is the thing that concerns me is not specifically Trump. I mean, frankly, the the silence has over the last several days has been blissful. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not going to you know necessarily miss his his tweets at all. But I'm 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 concerned about the precedent here that we are giving. Uh, a consortium of big tech companies, the power to deny us our free speech rights. Um, if these companies had gotten together to, you know, as a consortium to raise prices, I think everybody would be up in arms. But instead, they've gotten together to deny us our civil liberties, and no one's saying a word. Isn't that more important? I mean, isn't aren't our civil liberties more important than money? Um, and so that that's that's where well, that that's the starting point for where I come down. You got to give Rob right. a moment to think that one over. <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned something interesting when you talked about cartels and getting together. In the old days, we imagined that these plutocrats with their watch chains and uh, after their lunch of oysters would sit down and carve up things. They would form these monopolies. Now, do you think that actually they sat down and planned what some people are talking, the conservative purge, or whether or not this was a spasmodic reaction because the staffers, I mean, I remember this tweet from Amazon employees for global, global justice came out and said Trump must be demanded. I think it's more likely that the, the, the guys at the top are not sitting down at a table and figuring out how to finally enact the purge. They're reacting to this and they're doing the right thing. And the right thing is for everybody to be safe and to keep harm from happening. Um, does that seem more of a uh, realistic assessment of what happened as opposed to a coordinated little effort? Yeah. I mean, so what Jack said is that uh, we didn't coordinate with all of these other uh, tool providers, all these providers of core internet infrastructure, but we emboldened each other. Um, And so I think if you were to apply an antitrust overlay to the First Amendment, you could call that a kind of signaling. And, um, and so there's this game of follow the leader, you know, why, why, you know, why is everybody from, you know, snap? I mean, does does the president even have an account on snap? Um, you know, why are they suddenly joining this, this bandwagon? Well, because, you know, Twitter and Facebook and, 
uh, and Apple and Google especially are the leaders in our industry. And so there is a, this game of follow the leader. In, again, in antitrust law, I think this clearly would not be permitted. Um, again, if this was a, a, a game of signaling uh, by companies that normally compete with each other, for the purpose of raising prices, it would clearly be a violation of antitrust law. What I'm suggesting is that that cartels should not be allowed to get together for the purpose of regulating speech either. Um, I would like to see some enterprising lawyer, again, uh, run with this take and, and, again, provide this antitrust overlay on free speech law. Um, because he, here's, here's the thing. Um, what the framers, and I, I, you know, I, get, I get a lot of pushback on Twitter for this point of view that I've been espousing over the last uh, week. Uh, what they say to me is, well, these are all private companies. They should be able to do whatever they want. And, you know, and, 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 and but here, here's the problem with that is that our free speech rights have been privatized. You know, when, when, when speech got digitized, when it moved to the internet, that is the place where most political speech occurs these days. It, you know, speech got digitized, privatized, and centralized in the hands of a small number of players, a handful of, 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 of oligarchs, if you will. And the framers of the Constitution could never have anticipated that that was going to happen. You know, back in their day, there was a multiplicity of right. places you could go for speech. There were town squares all mm -hmm. over the country. And those town squares have all now been replaced by a handful of social media sites. And so what are your effective free speech rights today if you get deplatformed? Um, you, you don't have that. So, so David, may, may I? You're a lawyer. No, you're not a lawyer. You went to law school, but you never practiced. Yes, right? I, I guess I, I'm, I'm a lawyer, but I, or I played a lawyer on TV, but never or something <laughs> right, like right, that. Right. You're a lawyer the, in recovery. The point is, you, you, you have you have between your ears, you have some legal training. You're able to think yeah. in legal categories. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Clearly, the First Amendment concerns what government may and may not do. You've already stated this problem. Twitter, Facebook, Google, they're all private enterprises. Okay. At the same time, if you get kicked off, or, or the argument was until three or four days ago, ah, if you get quick kicked off Twitter, go someplace else. The conservatives can start their own site. They tried that. And then Google and Apple shut down Parler. So something is wrong here. You're talking about antitrust law. It feels to me as though antitrust law, I hear antitrust law and I'm thinking Theodore Roosevelt and the late from about the 1880s to about 1920. It just seems to me that the legal framework for dealing with questions of free speech in 2021 simply doesn't exist. Even antitrust law is now eight decades out of date. If that's correct, who fixes that problem? How, is it legislation? Should interesting work start today at the Stanford Law Review? How, 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 do, right. how do you grapple with the problem, if that is the problem? Well, I, I think you're right that what's missing is an online bill of rights. Um, the, the First Amendment explicitly does apply to, you know, Congress will make no law. It's a prohibition on government action. The point I'm making with the antitrust um, argument is that when a cartel of super powerful monopolies gets together and decides something, whether explicitly through coordination or by emboldening each other to take the exact same position, um, that that is effectively like a government 
decision. I mean, you have no effective ability to contest that. And Jack basically admitted as much. Uh, if you look at his tweet storm, he said, you know, once everybody uh, started doing the same thing, it felt like a government action as opposed to the action of one private company. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm putting words in his mouth a little bit. I'm paraphrasing, but he did say that, uh, that it felt like a government action. And that's kind of my point. This is why we, I think we have antitrust law is because we realize that although companies in general as a starting point should be free to do what they want, that their power in the market can reach such a point that they need to be regulated and constrained. And there's a doctrine in antitrust law uh, called essential facilities, which is that if a monopoly controls an essential facility, like let's say there was a drawbridge, only one way to get it across a river, and this monopoly started denying the use of that drawbridge for its own you know, nefarious purposes, we would declare that to be an essential facility and, and stop them from doing that because they are acting it, it, they are acting with the power of a government, basically. Right. And so there is, there is I, I guess what I'm doing by pointing to this is I'm not trying to go down the rabbit hole of, of a legal casework, if you will, but I'm trying to provide a way of thinking about what big tech is doing that should be broadly unacceptable to Americans, right. regardless of what side of the political spectrum you're on. But that's fascinating. You make so the legal analogies from in antitrust law already exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's okay. just that we're not used to thinking about antitrust as applying to civil liberties. We're, we're only used to thinking of antitrust as applying to consumer harm. But again, like I say, aren't civil liberties more important than money? Um, if we want to prevent cartels from getting together to raise prices, why in the world wouldn't we prevent them from also getting together to deny us our civil liberties? In what, you know, how do we functionally still have a free speech right in this country if it can be taken away by a click of you know, of tech elites. Hey, David, it's Rob Long. Thank you for joining us. So uh, uh, before we, I have, I have six dumb questions for you because people never ask dumb questions. So I'm going to, that's my job. But before I ask my official dumb questions, I'm going to ask you another sort of ancillary dumb question, which is something I'm really curious about. In the constellation of powers that, uh, uh, that affect a CEO of a tech company deciding to do this, there's the reputation, there's potential uh, regulation, there's government, there's just the you know, the public sentiment, how much leverage do, do the employees have? How much power at Twitter do the employees or Facebook, the employees have in making and helping or driving this decision? Yeah, I think they have a lot of power uh, or they've, they've certainly uh, banded together to create a tremendous amount of pressure on the leadership of the company. And so one of the things I've, I've said is that these decisions are, are being made not in a vacuum, but as a result of pressure that comes from both below and above. So there's been tremendous pressure from the employees from below. There's also pressure coming from uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee from above. Right. And, and so these tech companies are simultaneously being told by a number of senators who will now control that committee that, A, we don't think you're doing enough to censor, and B, we're contemplating breaking you up. Right now, it's kind of a. Uh, I mean, isn't that sort of the protection end of the the extortion racket? That you know, uh, that listen, unless you guys start getting tough. Yeah, nice little it, social it, media you got here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And and so I find that aspect of this very disturbing. Um, is that we we have sort of this um, we we have the state exercising soft power on big tech 
to engage in censorship that would never be allowed under the First Amendment right. if the state were to do it itself. Right. Uh, and, and, and that, and that, that that's mm. all, but, 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 but this is all that's the more a vital point. Yes. So yeah. if I, I guess my, my, so my, before I get to the, I, one more dumb question before my official yep. dumb questions, if you're Jack or you're just CEO X of large content platform, Y, would you say that the actions that they took last week over the past week, these are, these seem like smart business decisions. Um, in a in a in a tight labor market where it's hard to get, I'm assuming, hard to get engineers and hard to keep engineers, and there's a lot of people, a lot of lot of new companies trying to poach them away, and in with a the sword of Damocles hanging over you in a a, um, a Democrat controlled Senate in a week, cave, wouldn't you cave if you were on the board? Wouldn't you say, Jack, the board votes to cave? Well, I, I just think our commitment to freedom of speech needs to be made of sturdier stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's always the case throughout history that the, 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 the free speech test cases um, require the, the defense of very unpopular people and, and, and saying very unpopular things. And it's, it's, it's a canard that in order to defend free speech, you must believe in the worst things being said. You know, this was the you know right. historical ACLU position, and you know, I I, I, I right, take right. I, I you know I'm getting a lot of hits on this by people on Twitter saying, well, if you're defending free speech, you must be saying that you believe in incitement or violence or whatever provocation Trump or you know some somebody in the right has said, and I and and my point is no, that that's not really an argument. That's an intimidation tactic. Yes, it is. Uh, David, one last question before we let you go, and thanks for joining us today. It's been extremely instructive. Uh, a few years ago, when we all learned about China's social credit score, we were duly and properly horrified the idea that the government would assemble such things and, and keep you from getting an airplane ticket or a good apartment of the rest of us struck us as a totalitarian nightmare and not surprising for China. Now we find that some people are believing there is a sort of de facto social credit score here, in as much as your past posts on Parler can be scraped. Uh, I just read today on Reddit that somebody's got a two terabyte uh, archive uh, that they're bit torrenting of all the videos. You've got your post history. You've got all these things that people can assemble and point to and correlate and say, this person is slightly sort of kind of smelling like a deplorable and we'd best not give our Airbnb or our Lyft or our Uber, the rest of them. Are we moving towards not an official social credit score, but as I said, a de facto one, or do we already have it? And is this going to get worse until somebody sues the Jesus pants off somebody for it? <laughs> well, I think that the, the people who are decrying tweet mobs to not only deny people their free speech, but also to cancel them economically, to cancel their economic livelihoods. And um, it is it is a disturbing trend, you know, that um, that that you know you have this this cancel culture that you know I'm not just going to disagree with you, but I have to find a way to remove you, uh, not just from social media, but again from the the entire economy. Um, it's something to be, I think, very uh, concerned about. And, right. um, and that is why I go back to the idea that I, I do think we need an online bill of rights. Um, you know, the, um, the, the, the first question in law is jurisdiction. Who decides? And right now we are giving big tech the power to decide everything, the power to decide our free speech, 
what we think, what we write, what we get to see and listen to, the power, the power to create a company. I mean, if you get denied access to this core infrastructure on the internet, to what extent can you even create a business in the modern world? And right now, they can deny you service for any reason whatsoever. And I see these people on social media trying to act as if the terms of service is somehow a protection. You know, there's, 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 the terms of service has almost been fetishized as this uh, guarantee of due process. Well, the terms of service just means whatever the company says it means. They can modify it at any time. It doesn't give you any rights, um, you know. And so I just wonder, you know, at some point, Trump, we move beyond Trump, you know, and hopefully um, that happens very soon. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but I think the question will remain you know, are we going to, you know, once the issue of Trump goes away, I think people are going to be able to see that we have allowed a tech oligarchy to take control of so many aspects of our lives without any rights whatsoever. And I think people are a little bit blinded to that fact right now because they hate Trump so much. Right. And yeah. so just because right. they love the decision to ban and deplatform Trump, they're willing to go along with this incredible power grab by big tech. And, you know, I, am not as concerned specifically about not being able to read Trump's tweets. I mean, like I said, frankly, it's been blissful not to get these <laughs> push notifications yeah. pop Agreed. on my phone every day, <laughs> alerting me to some new provocation. It's like, Oh, thank God. But so, I mean, I'm not missing that at all, but, but I'm worried about the, the precedents we're creating here. Um, and the, this, this transfer of power that we're just allowing mm -hmm. to happen. Right. Well, when it comes to them trying to crimp our free speech, we need to fight back. We need to fight fire with fire. And that's why I'd like to talk to you, Dave, about my app, Fire, F-Y-R-E, which is <laughs> geolocation on Twitter. It's the meta embedded geolocation data to call down drone strikes of people who have actually said nasty things to you. But we can talk about work? that later. Yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We hope to have you on. This is informative stuff. Good David, thank you. you. Thank you, David. With you. Thanks. you know, you mentioned the fact that people don't get the Trump tweets anymore, and there's a lot of relief about that. And I imagine also that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to miss them because they provided them with a sort of thing to get angry about. And that thing to get angry about released all sorts of chemicals, and it may made them happy for a moment. I'm a great person because I'm offended by this. What are these people going to do when they find out that the reason that they're basically unhappy has something to do more with than with Donald Trump? Maybe issues in their life. You never know. The thing is, it, you, for example, how however you may feel about Donald Trump, and he has nothing to do with this spot at all anymore. Uh, but there's just stuff that interferes with your happiness, right? And if there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goal, you know, uh, lots of stuff. Life can come at you in small and large ways and add up and accumulate. And the next thing you know, you're walking around with your chin on your sternum and your anhedonic, and you just don't feel like there's a lot to look forward to. Well, there is something to look forward to, and that's help. And there's better help for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they'll match you with a licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Broad range of expertise available. It may not be available locally in every area, but the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so, you know, you don't have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like those traditional therapies. No. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if, if, if you need. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling as well. And financial help is available. 
So BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Today. Visit their website and read their testimonials. Post it daily. Uh, BetterHelp.com slash review. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Rico21. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So this podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp and Ricochet listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Rico21. That's R-I-C-O-2-1. And our thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring this, the Ricochet podcast. Well, gentlemen, this is the part of the podcast where everybody says, I've been sitting through these guests who know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I really want to hear Rob and Peter and James just freewheel on subjects of which they are just slightly uh, you know, some information, but have conflated that into a larger expertise. So, gentlemen, uh, looking forward to the week. Do you think there's going to be impeachment? That's kind of a Dead issue, probably, by the time this thing passes, by the time this podcast airs. Do you believe it's just a, it, it's a final spasm of virtue signaling, or they're attempting to restore order and standards to the republic? What do you stand on? Oh, that's a simple one. It, it is raw politics. It is Nancy Pelosi no. attempting to keep her base no. chinned up and angry. If that's t- simple, 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 simple. Will yeah. the Senate hold a hearing? Who knows? It will not hold a hearing while Mitch McConnell is majority leader and uh, Chuck Schumer will hold a hearing if the polls suggest that he should, right? Those are two simple ones, I, I think. I, uh, I think well, it's but absolutely- Rob, you have, have made the final transition to a Trump fan. You are now mega hat man yourself because <laughs> you, don't, you don't want them going after Donald Trump after he's out of office. I, I, more than that, I do not think they are legally allowed to. I don't, I mean, I, you know, I read Ramesh Pranur's piece, which is excellent yesterday in NRO. I've been sort of following, I mean, I'm, as, as you know, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not licensed to practice law, but I have read the constitution and it doesn't, it seems to me that the two two things, one, I don't think one Congress can impeach the president and then another Congress. Oh, that's a good point. Him. Mm-hmm. I just, right. there's a, the yeah. second thing is that the, Cong- the Senate is allowed to try the president of the United States. He is not going to be the president of the United States. The Senate, can, since when is the legislative body allowed to try a citizen? That's outrageous. Now, if you think he did something wrong, find a U.S. attorney. You're about to appoint a whole bunch of them. To, to put, haul him up in front of a judge and, and a jury. And, and he's then he's subject as a citizen, the way you are and I am and everybody else is, to the, judici- to the, uh, to the uh, judicial branch. But the idea that, like, well, it, the timing st- sucks for us, but we're going to do it anyway, that is, no, that is not how it works. Right. It, I don't like it when people try to steal, uh, try to disenfranchise voters in in Pennsylvania. I don't like it when they try to, uh, um, to to reselect electors from another state. And I don't like it when the Senate decides, or may decide, that it's just going to kind of circumvent the laws and, just, and gonna, it's going to try a U.S. citizen. I don't like it. I like the Constitution the way they wrote it. Wow, does it feel good to agree for the first time in I'm I, I guess I have to confess that it's been months now to agree, but agree wholeheartedly with every word Brother Rob <laughs> utters. There you go. I that's feel a, as though... a sign of a problem in your life. <laughs> Gentlemen, f- freeze that moment. Treasure it. 
I mean, I'm looking at you two right now in Zoom, and I wish I could just sort of bind you together with tendrils of love and just leave that where it is. We got to stop the show now on that happy note of comedy because uh, it, it, it's just not going to get any better. Oh, it's going to get so much better coming up. I mean, it, who, the, the healing agents in America are majority leader Chuck Schumer, Speaker yes. of the House Nancy Pelosi, Vice President Kamala Harris, and President Joe Biden. The, that, that, as, as Haley Barber pointed out, that, that is going to be a banner that a lot of people are going to march uh, against. And, Two years uh, of overreach. Can't wait. Culminating in, once again, of course, the return of the Republicans of power, which they will do absolutely virtually nothing except for ask for a little bit more power so they can then do the thing that we want them to do. On it goes, on it staggers, on it struggles. But uh, we've come to the end of this because I think we've tried everybody's attention. Hope not. It's been great stuff. I just, I, the, the yeah, smart good. people. It's fun to listen to smart yeah. people. Um, it just is. Uh, and we hope that you enjoy the show as well. And we would like to say thank you to Kitty Pooh. Words I've never spoken before in my life, but I just <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> To Smart Assets, to BetterHelp, and to Bowl and Branch. Support them for supporting us. Your life gets so much better when you take advantage of those products. It really does. And you can listen to the best of Ricochet, the best of Ricochet, the highlights of the Ricochet Audio Network, which is hosted by some short balding guy in Minneapolis. Um, you can hear that this weekend on the Radio America Network. Check your local listings, as we always like to say. And, of course, the usual final doomed, hopeless plea to go to Apple, iTunes, the podcast app, and give us five stars. Would it kill you? No, it wouldn't kill you. So go do it. So that's it for us. Um, next time we meet, uh, we're going to have a new president, right? Right? Or is the global uh, broadcast system going to be activated by Space Force during the inauguration? <laughs> and the president will emerge from a tunnel, and everybody will be arrested and will be ushered into the second term. That's what I'm hearing from some guys on Twitter, which is probably a good reason not to listen to a lot of guys on Twitter. But listen to us. Go to Ricochet, <laughs> join, and of course, we'll see everybody in the comments at Ricochet 4.0 next week. Next week, boys. Next week. So this is where we came to hide When it ran from you In a private detective overcoat Dirty dead man's shoes The pretty things of Knightsbridge Lying for a minister of state is a far cry from the night and day Here at Traitor's Gate Cause the high Healy used to be Has been ground down And it listens for the footsteps That would follow him Join the conversation. There's a top and a hip and a millionaire Looking for a partner With a tight grip on the short end Of the public imagination for his private wife and kids somehow Real life becomes a rumor Days of touch, courage, to 
Apple Google operating system duopoly is mm-hmm. even more powerful. And having said that, he appears to have frozen. Jack found him. Yeah, you yeah, did. AWS has, re- has responded. I think we lost him. Uh, abridging the freedom of speech. Hang- yeah, so, hang on just a moment. <laughs> Peter's got trouble in the library. Good. If, in terms of substance, what a good podcast. Yep. We're we're yep. we're good at this.